Ron Darvisey, hello to you, mate. Uh, welcome to Punters Postmortem this morning. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Uh, interesting day on Saturday. You've got a beautiful fair track. We always get nervous when we see that rail move out, but uh, it played very, very good, I must say. So things are in tip-top shapes uh, heading into this carnival, and um, I'm really looking forward to a good day's racing on Saturday where we see we saw some uh, um, terrific performances. Yeah, that we certainly did. And we're going to take your calls today. 135353 is that open line number. Get involved with the show or the text line 0419767272. Gator, you had a front row seat on Sky Racing 1 on the weekend. And as uh, Duff said, uh, beautifully playing at Randwick. But I thought Sandown was good also. Yeah, look, it raced pretty well. I think just as long as you weren't hard on that inside rail, you, you certainly had your chance. So um, that's pretty typical of Hillside, though. So punters know what they're in for and, and a rare sort of soft track this time of year. So we have to be wary there as well. And Glenn Munsey, welcome back, mate, uh, from a little break. Um, great to have you part of Punters Post Morning again for 2023. Yes, good morning to you, Dave. Good morning to Ron. Good morning to uh, Gator and to all of the listeners. And, uh, well, Saturday we got a little appetiser, didn't we, about what's going to happen in this autumn carnival at uh, Randwick. At, uh, I've seen a few ads for it uh, on uh, that apparently it starts on the 11th of March, the Sydney Autumn Carnival, but uh, you would have thought it's been going for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that uh, certainly is the case. Uh, let's start with Aft Cabin uh, and uh, jump straight into it. We'll get a comment from all of you. I mean, obviously um, the market reflected that he was going to run well. We knew he was good, Duff. But um, were you as were you a bit blown away by the ease of which he, he put away that field? Oh, I think you had to be. It looked a solid field on paper. We thought we had three or four good chances in the race. That he'd, he'd had the one trial leading in where his opposition had had two. Um, he showed uh, acceleration in his trial and he backed it up after a good ride, I must say. But uh, he had a little bit of wow factor about him. He's a he's an exciting prospect. There's no doubt about it. He's um, He's proven at 1,400, he, um, he's got upside, he, he, he's still got a bit of furnishing to do in the coat, and he, uh, no, he, he, he was excellent, he was absolutely excellent, he was, uh, I think everyone's looking forward to have another look at him to see if he is going to be a dominant cold up to a mile. Uh, Gator, what did you make of, uh, of Aft Cabin's performance? Yeah, look, an exceptional return, I think the, the lessons uh, going forward... Uh, perhaps for punters is I don't think we ever we should be too scared about a, a bleeding attack as a general rule um, you know, they tend to return really well uh, off same you know he gave two and a half kilos to um, the majority of the key rivals so I think that adds merit to the win and it was just a class return wasn't it sure he had the right run but he won it convincingly he had Zoo Tiger alongside him beat him convincingly giving him weight Osipenko, look, wasn't given much hope. He didn't have much to go right. I think he ran really, really well. So I want a lot to take out of the race, but trust it because they ran fast. Munns, uh, what did you make of, of Aft Cabin? Uh, and obviously things would have changed with his price, with futures markets, etc., etc. Yeah, well, Dave, um, I actually I went to the races on Saturday. I, I wasn't there for Aft Cabin's race. Uh, I was home by that stage, but uh, I watched it on Sky Thoroughbred Central, and you knew a long way from home he was going to be very, very hard to beat the way that he travelled in the run there. As Gator said, he'd come off the bleeding attack, and uh, I'm sure Ronnie will back me up here. In the old days, Ronnie, it was a, a bit of a system there to back them first up off a bleed. Uh, yep, because usually they'd have them pretty ready and leave no no weakness in them at all. But I, I think that never a truer word spoken by Gator there. I, 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 don't, I don't let first up off a bleeding attack worry me because, look, they can treat it. They can treat horses that uh, have had that now, and I think they're pretty good at it. And you'll get the odd case where uh, it might come back on them, and then that's that's uh, dealt with as far as they they they, they can't race again. Um, but um, I don't let one bleeding attack worry me as far as going through my head saying, oh, I don't want to back this horse. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's an out, he, he looks an outstanding prospect. You know, was a little, little, I had a little query him on a hard track because, you know, he, he, he won that Guinea's Prelude on, a, on that very heavy track that day. But, geez, you've got nothing to worry about now. He's showing that acceleration on the dry track there on Saturday. He, he was awesome. He certainly. Well, I think one of the most surprising aspects was the price because uh, he, he sat there two dollars. He went up two dollars on Wednesday, and was still a two dollar chance on Wednesday morning. I think by the time the the previews went to air, it was around about probably two fifteen. 
and has been the case many, many times in the past. Uh, he was made the lay of the day by the boys there in the office, and yeah. uh, and that just signalled a chance for punters to um, get ready for the race to get it out. That, uh, and next minute, you're looking at two dollars yeah. forty, two dollars fifty. Now, obviously, it's their opinion, Muns. But why do you think they were keen to to lane? Well. I, my opinion, Dave, was the fact that, you know, they probably had the question mark, a couple of question marks. I mean, he'd never raced on a good track. All his runs had been on, you know, soft fives, heavy eights, heavy tens. He was coming back from a bleed. He'd only had the one trial, whether or not he had the fitness behind him to run 1,200 first up. He had 58.5 kilos uh, in that race there, so he was spotting weight to some uh, race-fit horses. There was a number of horses in the race that, you know, were resuming, um, you you know, well, all horses basically resuming bar the bottom two, Toronamika and Capital Queen. Uh, but they just probably um, had him marked a fraction longer. But if they had him marked a fraction longer, he'd sat there $2 unchanged since Wednesday. So uh, they didn't sort of, you know, show their hand Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or Saturday morning. They waited till, you know, 11 o'clock on Saturday to, to say, right, here we go. And as I said, that, that has just been the signal uh, each and every Saturday for that's the horse that then is the race to get it out in the market. I think they may have thought he had no Sydney form. I don't want to be disrespectful, uh, but, you know, he had one run in Sydney, was beaten in a Warwick Farm maiden. Uh, so maybe that was on the back of their mind, but I don't think the big computers had it in the back of theirs because they hammered him on every tote late, mm. and they, they just made him start evens everywhere on the, on, on the totes, and that was when he was paying a lot more as the last tours moved in. So I'd suggest the big boys who have all the figures going through had him marked very, very short there. And as they do a lot, they got it right. They certainly did. Uh, interesting too, um, in the in the post-race uh, comments, uh, I saw that uh, J-Mac um, said that uh, his coat was still a little, a little bit musty. Um, and he said he'll leave that to the expert, James. He'll get it right on the day. So he wins, what, uh, over the 1,200 in a fast, what, one minute, 8.85, uh, 1 minute 8.85, and then he was eased down that last 100, wasn't he? And his coat is not glowing, Duff. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does next time. Jeez. And uh, then you know, we might be looking at a short price favourite from there on in because, look, they've got the two good colts. They've got Golden Mile as well, and we've got the Guineas, Australian Guineas and uh, um, Ramwick Guineas on the same day this year. You'd expect Godolphin would try and win two group ones with two beautiful... Uh, stallion prospects so you'd suggest they split up on that day uh, which one goes where um, I don't know they're, they're both proven in Melbourne um, I'd suggest trying to read between the lines it might be Golden Mile in Melbourne but there's a little way to go before that happens but uh, it'll be interesting to see the moves that James and Godolphin make from here on in and just with that coat situation it can be like that and especially with these horses I reckon out in these farms, like Agnes Banks were out in paddocks, it's hard to get their coats glowing when they're not rugged up in boxes and things like that. So it can be a little misleading. Um, what about some of his prices and in, in, for futures, Muns? Um, obviously, well, just having a look, David, yeah. the Ramwick Guineas is an odds-on chance now. Wow. Uh, after cabin, he's a dollar eighty. Uh, in that market there. These are pre-NOMS markets. Uh, I'll, I'll look up when actually the NOMS are taken for the championship races, but he's a dollar eighty there. Ossipenko, uh, now I know Ronnie had it on top, Brad had it on top on Saturday, but uh, he was pretty safely held uh, by half cabin. Uh, he's an eight dollar second favourite. We've got Golden Mile, Pier, the Kiwi, Sharp and Smart, Yellow Brick and Zoo Tiger are all at $11. And then uh, Communist, Elliptical, Kaboo, a man's voice who worked there between races on Saturday, all at $15. That's the Randwick Guineas. Uh, in the Australian Guineas, which is a pre-noms market as well, uh, much, much different market there. It's $6 each of two, Aft Cabin and Jackano. You've got Golden Mile and Legato, $8 each of two. And you've got Attrition, Bank Moore, uh, Perfect Thought, uh, also the Fortune Teller. Uh, they're all at $11, and I just have a look to see whether or not they even put him in the Doncaster market. I, I know, uh, yeah, well, he's a $6 favourite for the Doncaster as well, 
aft cabin. That's a pre-noms market as well. Uh, I wish I win at 11. El Bodygon, uh, who worked on Saturday there. Uh, his main name is going to be the Queen Elizabeth. Uh, Fangirl, Golden Mile, the Crick, the Kiwi Mare. Laws of Indices and Light Infantry, along with Topped Rank. Uh, Zugotcha, she worked at Ramwick on Saturday. And they're all $15 chances. But they're pre-noms markets at the moment. Okay, very interesting. Um, just before we get to our first caller and David, you can give us a call on 13.53.53. We talk a lot about aft cabin. It's no doubt probably going to be a form race we have to follow. Um, of the beaten brigade, Dove Tiger looked pretty good. And also Ozapenko, who I know you're a, you're a fan of, um, he seemed to, to get home quite nicely as well. Yeah, we're total forgive for him. He drew barrier three and was three and four deep the whole way after getting a squeeze at the start and the race was gone. So I, re- I misread him. I thought he might be able to hold, hold a position from that barrier, uh, but he just didn't adapt to the 1,200 metres. I'm, I'm convinced of that, um, which he has in the past when he got back in that Caulfield Guineas and charged home. So maybe he's more of a mile of this preparation. I still think he's a very good colt, but... Um, he was simply outpointed uh, at the 1,200 metres there. You know, if you want, I want to forgive Vosipenko. I, I must say Brosnan was a, a bit, just as good a run as him. He, he, he went enormous. He had a, he'd only had one easy trial going into that race, and he found them a little sharp, but I loved his late work. <clears throat> He's returned very, very well. Um, other than that, um, he did enough. Zoo Tiger, he's a big, strong horse. And Communist was a good little go late there. Yeah, he he ran really well. He's an underrated horse. He was tough last preparation. He had seven runs and kept improving all the way through to that placing behind Golden Mile. And um, he, he's the horse that no one speaks about that um, he's just slips the radar. But look, what can you say outside the, the winners? There's some good runs there, but the uh, after cabin just simply dominated. Um, the Beaten Brigade, uh, Gator, just for you, mate. Yeah, well, Zoo Tiger obviously raced inside uh, Aft Cabin. Uh, was under pressure before a lot of them, but they finished off really well. So that tells me straight away he's looking for further, and he'd probably be better suited rolling along nearer the speed over the ground. Communist followed the winner everywhere. It was no match at all, but certainly a pleasing return, as Duff's reference, and Brosnan, nice work. I think also Pinko's run to be beaten, what, one point at length off the runner-up, who had the rails trail. And that horse being Zoo Tiger, I thought it was really, really good. Um, you know, back, four wide, uh, made a move before the turn. Still have the audacity to hit the line. So um, you can, I'll show you a thousand replays of races. they never win with that run. And uh, they won't probably get within 3.5 lengths either, most of them. Uh, Dave, I've just had a look. Uh, day one of the championships, which is Saturday, April 1, which is Star Doncaster Mile Day. Nominations are taken at midday tomorrow. So okay. a pretty big day. So those markets that are there as pre-noms markets at the moment will turn to all-in markets probably tomorrow afternoon and at the latest, you'd think, on Wednesday morning. Uh, so the Donny, uh, the TJ, the Derby on day one of the championships, also the English Sires. Uh, that's also country champ- New-, New Haven Park Country Championship final day. Uh, the Chairman's. Uh, over 2,600, the PJ Bell, the Adrian Knox, the Carbine, and the Kindergarten. So that's your 10 races of day one of the championship. So those big races, uh, those noms taken tomorrow. So the Derby, the TJ, the Derby, uh, and the Sires, and uh, there'll probably be uh, other races as well. Okay, all right. So that's a key note, and that'll be a big day um, uh, to take note. Let's get to our first caller. David's on the line. G'day, David. Oh, hello. How are you going? Good, mate. Um, just before I talk what I wanted to speak about, Munns, um I couldn't believe Mohican Heights got me out of a lot of trouble on Saturday. Paid $18. I mean, Mohican Heights was almost a fringe Melbourne Cup horse uh, about 18 months ago. I, eight, and going around at Eagle Farm at $18, but you got me out of a lot of trouble. Well, um, congratulations <laughs> to you. I, I, I $18. Into, I, because I, I bumped into someone at the races and uh, uh, they ran, ran to me and told me, Um, I'm having a bad day and I looked up and I thought it was time to have a drink and they backed a glass of rosé in Brisbane Uh, and they said well now it is time for a glass of rosé so uh, they're allowed to win you know if they're out of the market it was good it was great $18 Um, just one thing Duff I don't know whether um, you know the website Racenet yes Um, I I look at it a lot you know with the form and everything just the other day on the second they had um, they said Australia's leading experts rated the 30 best jockeys in Australia 
um, which was okay. I didn't have it. But the one thing that I, I, I've gone through it about 10 times whether I'm missing it, um, they didn't have John McNeil in the top 30. I was just staggered. Was Am I missing something? I, I'd have him three or four, but he wasn't in the top 30. Um, jockeys rated in Australia by the top experts. Look, it's it's subjective. Um, it's uh, is it the, the top thirty at the moment riding? Is it? Yeah, at yeah. the moment. Yeah. So look, he's a young man. He's going to get there, and a lot of people that have him in the in the top echelon. But he's been out of sight, out of mind. He's won a Melbourne Cup. Obviously, he's a young man. He's been away, and um, he's probably just like you said. Like I say, he's um, he's been out of sight, out, out of mind for four or four, three or four months. So. Um, oh, okay. I was sort of stunned because, um, like, they had Rachel King, nothing against her, but she was in the top 30 and he wasn't. I, I was just stunned because, you know, Melbourne Cup winning jockey and I, I rate him really um, highly. But, uh, oh, along with a lot of people. He, he's a terrific young jockey. Yeah, anyway, I love your show, boys. It's great, great to listen to. Thanks, David. Appreciate it, uh, mate. Uh, let's uh, continue on. There's a text on the text line here. Uh, hey, guys, uh, very keen to hear your thoughts on the two-year-old race on Saturday. Uh, was on uh, Sicilian, uh, which was beaten. Should I continue to follow? That's from Steve-O. Uh, Duff, what did you make of the Lonro plate? Um, Michael Freeman producing a nice horse. Yeah, she's a lovely filly, uh, Madeira Sunrise. She'd run right up to those trials where she'd trialled with Sicilian and probably looked better under a little bit of a hold. And she proved that on Saturday with uh, getting the edge. Um, she was probably helped by Torfeek Star going forward. We are... We all tried to read the map, and it looked like Sicilian on her own. And that was her advantage. And, but Torfig Star took it up to her and, and took took up the running, and it set it up for uh, Madeira Sunrise, and uh, she was uh, just a little bit too good. As far as the future of this race is concerned, um, I don't think it's uh, anywhere as good as the two two-year-old races the previous week. So as far as saying, are they slipper candidates? They're yet to prove that. Cecilia's just a little runner, she's not very big, the same as the winner, she's not very big. Uh, Porta Rossa uh, is probably the one for the, uh, well Porta Rossa uh, is probably the one for the future, but I'm not sure if it's the immediate future. She's, uh, she's a, a nice work in little progress there, Porta Rossa, but it looks nice fillies, but as far as saying slipper chances yet, no, not for me. Yeah, but okay. she's not nominated for the Slipper Madeira Sunrise anyway. Yep, they can still race their way in if they win a... Yep. Um, but they're still going to pay up, haven't they? Uh, would, you, would you be getting worried, Ronnie, if you've um, these big syndicates that are paying a million dollars and everything plus for these Colts, uh, that the Phillies just seem to have the wood on them again at the moment? Uh, look, I, it's, a, it's a couple of weeks off being a little worried. I thought the Colts looked strong this year, but until last week where... You know, learning to fly, put a hand up, um, and I want to see Don the Don again, Don Corleone, and we want to see a couple other of those really nice Colts again. I think they can hold their own, but um, let's just see when we get to these. You know, we get the Colts and the Phillies on the same day, and we like to line up the times and sectionals, and then we'll make an opinion who's better. But it is a strong bunch of Phillies. You'd have to you'd have to say that. Does it seem like that's a bit of a broken record over the last couple uh, of years? Yeah, like it just, uh, you know, um, the last five years or so, maybe, maybe. Well, we more. had Farnan, so Farnan obviously he won it what in two thousand and twenty, but we had let's stay inside, Fireburn, um, Kia Michi, Esther yeah. Jab, She Will Rain, Capitalist. It just seems. I mean, if you go back and look at the here all the tapes. I'm sure we've, we've obviously had good cults, but it just seems like in more often than not. We've always sort of saying, oh, the Phillies look better than the Colts. Yeah, look, I, I think I may have said this last week or the week before. Yeah. It's the Colts have uh, maybe not have the edge now in the modern days with uh, with no steroids around. And the Phillies with that little weight pull, it's, not a, it, it's probably a bigger edge than it used to be. Uh, so you've got to be a pretty good cult. And the, the old saying, a good cult will always beat a good Philly is a little bit, a, a little bit outdated these days. We've got Steve on the line. G'day, Steve. Oh, he's there now. G'day, Steve. How you going, boys? Good, mate. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, quick tempo. He was a bit disappointed on the weekend. Uh, maybe he needed a... What do you reckon? He needs a rest or... What do you reckon? 
Oh, he needed to clear a run. He was going well, and he was going for a run that wasn't well. That was only there for a while, uh, a couple of strides, and he got couple chopped strides, out. Yeah. yeah, he got chopped out. So mm. I, I'd be very forgiving for his performance. It just didn't happen for him on the day. Yeah, but it wasn't like him, was it? No, no, no he, he didn't have any room to move. He had plenty to offer, yeah. and it was one of them races where. Or you could say we'll never know because he he, he was travelling and we know he's got a good dash on him at that distance mm-hmm. and he he just was hampered and there's nothing Jason could do. Well, we got a, yeah, we got a good price on him on the weekend. We thought, you know, yeah, but a bit disappointed. Yeah, disappointing if you backed him, but I I wouldn't be too disappointed in the performance because he he never got clear running. Mm. Has Key Largo got out yet in that race? No, he's the same. He's but that, they're the. They're, the t- they're ambushes, and if you ride them any different, they don't perform. So uh, you've got to uh, – Key Largo is the horse that you've got to be held up, held, held up, held up, and then bang, crash, wallop, got you. And if you get out too quickly and try to make a long sustained running, he doesn't finish off. So tricky, tricky horses. All right, so we're going to take a break. It's 9.29. Sebastian Hutch is going to join us from Inglis. A lot to doing in that space. He's going to be a special guest on Punters Postmortem next. West is best. Don't miss the next superstar to emerge from Western Australia at the Perth Yearling Sale at the state-of-the-art Magic Million Swan Valley Complex on February 23 and 24. Recent graduates of the sale include Group 1 winners Portland Sky and She's a Belter, plus crack Hong Kong sprinter Sight Success. The 2023 catalogue features 327 outstanding lots by 79 individual sires, from local champions to Australia's best. For more information and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com.au. Experience Friday Night Under Lights. Night racing, live bands, pop-up food markets and bars, plus kids' entertainment. Entry is free. Kia Friday Night Racing, February 10, Canterbury Park. Find out more at theracers.com.au. Now, the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch is back again. It's on Friday, February 24, and this year it's at a new location. It's going to be hosted by the ATC at the brand-new $46 million Wink Stand at Royal Ramwick, which is going to be an absolute beauty. Now, you can join the Big Sports Breakfast team. You can also join special guests from Racing HQ as well as Sporting and Racing Royalty. Now, it's uh, it's always a great afternoon and tickets are on sale via the ATC's website. Now, head to the australianturfclub.com.au to secure your seat today. Country racing at its finest, on show at the Mudgee Race Club, Sunday the 19th of February with the New Haven Park Country Championships. An exciting race program, fashions on the field with fabulous prizes and country hospitality like no other. With the NRL Charity Shield football match on the Saturday and the country championships on the Sunday, this is the perfect weekend in Mudgee for lovers of sport, racing and a great time. Tickets available now, 123ticks.com.au This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, welcome back to Punters Post Mortem. It is 9.31 on Sky Sports Radio and there was a, a big announcement uh, from the team at Inglis in relation to racing and we thought it would be great to get Sebastian Hutch on the program this morning. G'day, Sebastian. Dave, I can only say your listenership must be sky high. I've had many, many encouraging text messages about my interview this morning from various people who are listening, so um, everybody's tuned in, obviously. Well, it's, uh, it's an exciting time. Tell us a little bit about this news. Uh, you've unveiled a new $5 million maiden bonus series and it's quite game changing yeah we wanted to try and find a way for more people to win more often through our race series and obviously maidens are a hugely important part of the race day program and we felt if we could attach significant bonuses to selected maidens primarily across new south wales and victoria to be a really strong incentive for people and a fantastic award for people who support our sales and uh, we've gone with 50 maidens with a $100,000 bonus attached to each if, each if the winner is a graduate in English sale and paid up for our race series. And, you know, it seems to have been met very favourably indeed. Is that a 100K bonus uh, on top of the prize money the maiden is worth? Yeah, I mean, it's, Ronnie, it's not really geared towards people like you. I mean, it's geared towards <laughs> battlers, but, you know, people are... <laughs> We're trying to accumulate significant amounts of prize money and don't have it already. But um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we, as I said earlier, we, we wanted to try and find, obviously the, the top end of the market is really well serviced. You know, there's some fantastic 
uh, pools of prize money for various races and credits to the various PRAs for putting that in place. But we wanted to try and find a way that we could um, institute uh, part of the series that would be more rewarding to the grassroots part of racing, and we felt this was a very appropriate way to do it. Are they all going to be city maidens? They're going to be country, provincial, and metro. They'll be spread. They'll be three-year-olds and up. Um, so obviously the uh, race program for the 24-25 season isn't out yet, but uh, we'll issue the schedule and maidens well in advance to start of the season. And I'm, you know, to exp- I would expect that people will be able to target them. We'll look to try and spread them across a variety of different tracks uh, to try and give people in various parts of respective states as good an opportunity to win them as we can. The distances will be consistent with the race program, so they'll be from 900 metres all the way up to 2,000 metres you know, we're trying to create an opportunity for horses of uh, every profile to have a swing at winning some English money. And with 50 bonuses through the year, there'll be one just about every week of the year. Now, Sebastian, the, the races themselves are not restricted to English graduates or horses paid up for the English series, but the no, bonus be, is. Yeah, yeah, there'll be standard maidens. And if your horse is an English graduate that's paid up for the race series, well, on top of your average, I think it's twenty or $21,000 you'll win for the that you win for um, picking up a maiden, or certainly the maidens that we examined, there'll be uh, $100,000 to be shared amongst the connections on top of that. Okay, so and, do you have to win? Yeah. yeah, you have to win. You have to win yeah. the maiden. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, you know, look, everybody's setting out to try and do. Um, but I think it's, uh, I think it'll be a good incentive for people to target these maidens in particular. And these are for horses that were born in uh, 2021, so they're, they're on the ground. You know, this is not a, uh, yes, a, a series there. that's going to kick in for, you know, horses that are sold this year. Uh, yes, yeah, it will so be it'll a continuation. Be, um, it'll be yearlings that are at this year's round of sales, weanlings that were offered at last year's weanling sales, obviously two-year-olds that are offered through the two-year-old sale. Uh, in October, you know, it'll be, a, it'll be a big group of horses, and we include... Um, yearlings to go through our digital platform as part of the race series as well so be an opportunity for people who buy yearlings through our digital platform mm. over the next uh, six seven months to nominate those to the race series and be eligible for the bonuses as well terrific geez you've got a good race on saturday two million uh, it's well yeah, placed. i know <laughs> it's well i know tom agner's a nervous man because there's a ferrari on offer if the favorite can win so uh there could be some very happy connections driving a ferrari out of ranwick on Saturday afternoon, we're out at Warwick Farm on Sunday. If learning to fly can win, she looks a good filly. Um, but I think, it, I mean, the trials last Friday and last Monday were particularly interesting because there were a number of horses going towards the race. Arkansas Kids, Saltair, Facile, you know, all trialed really nicely. Uh, a number of horses that have come into the race slightly later on. It's, I mean, I think it's fair to say it's definitely the strongest renewal of the race we've had, and there look to be horses in there with genuine pretensions to being slipper candidates. And you put this pink bonus on as well as four hundred thousand for the, is it the first horse home lady syndicate or how does that all? Yeah, work? first eligible for the pink bonus, so it has to be seventy five percent or more female owned. So at the moment we have Facile, uh, who actually won a already won a pink bonus through the nursery. Uh, Lazago, if she won, would be would be eligible. You know, they're pretty two strong candidates to own in the race outright. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if it shapes Chris's decisions whether he runs in the Piero plate or the Millennium with Lazago, but it's a pretty significant carrot. And obviously for the winner of the race, Saturday Metropolitan Prize money will count towards the slipper ballot. So that's a, another significant factor with the race. For sure. Geez, uh, Sebastian, before we let you go, mate, uh, just in relation to uh, the sales, uh, obviously we've got the Classic coming up shortly. Yes, it's a busy time of the year, Dave. We're looking forward to seeing you out here. Um, but it's uh, it's building up really nicely. The forecast looks reasonably fair. There's always, you know, Sydney weather when you start to get into the autumn becomes a bit of a concern, but it looks like we're going to get away without any significant rain, judging by the forecast. Uh, horses started arriving at the complex over the weekend. There'll be more arrived today and tomorrow, and parades will be in full swing from tomorrow morning. Lots of people coming from interstate and internationally for the sale. Obviously, it's had a fantastic run. Everybody wants to try and come out here and see if they can buy another ice bath or another extreme choice, both of whom cost 100 grand through the sale. And uh, you know, hopefully in a year, two, three years' time, we're reflecting on what a fantastic sale it was.
Always so, an interesting night, Thursday night, uh, Sebastian. Uh, we'll run through the market on the the English Millennium. I think we might even have a phantom call uh, on yeah, the always English some, Millennium. Always some anxious connections with that one. I remember, I remember, I remember Mick Price being particularly disappointed when that profiteer got run down late on in the phantom call for his year. Obviously, it didn't quite play out that way in the race, but we'll see what um, we'll see what Darren has up his sleeve. Great stuff. Sebastian, thanks so much for coming on, mate, and uh, well done to your organisation for throwing uh, some cash at that, uh, that, that bottom part of the market. It's exciting because there's going to be a lot of owners out there that uh, obviously won't be at Easter and won't be buying the million-dollar lots, but they'll be buying English horses, whether it be via auctions uh, digitally online or, or whether it's at classic sales, and it gives them an opportunity to get a real return on their investment. Yeah, I mean, we're just really lucky to be in a in a fantastic jurisdiction for horse racing. And what we're trying to do is just try and complement the excellent work that PRAs are doing already. And if it gives further incentive for people to race horses, well, then great. Sensational. Sebastian Hutch from Inglis. See you soon, mate. Thanks for that. Cheers, Dave. Cheers. Uh, we're going to continue on Punters Postmortem here. We've got uh, Steve on the line, and we're going to go to him now. G'day, Steve. Morning, boys. How are you? Very good, mate. What's happening? Uh so, two quick ones for you. Um, just want to ask about uh, King's Gambit for the Blue Diamond. It, it, he's going there, yeah? Well, we don't know. Uh, we everything's, don't know. everything's on the table. Um, when we spoke with Peter Snowden last week, he said that uh, it, it's an option. But they were seriously thinking about the Sweden race as well, which is a week before the Blue Diamond. So, if it did go to the Sweden race, it would probably then uh, he would remain in Sydney. But he did also say that there are other horses that are nommed. Uh, which is the uh, the horses that we saw, especially Empire of Japan up at the Gold Coast, uh, could very well find himself uh, in Melbourne as well. It seems like everything's on the table. There's no firm decision. I think one because will he, go. He'd obviously go good back at Melbourne, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think either he'll go or Don Corleone. I don't think they'll both go, but I think... Don, Don Corleone seems to have um, blown a little bit in the market. In, in yeah, that, that market, tells... I figured yeah. maybe... Yeah, and um, just one more for you, boys. Um, a horse we haven't seen for a while. Don't know where she is. Uh, Devout Hero. Do we know anything about her from Melbourne? Might bring Gator in here. The Freeman. Does that um, the Devout Hero Gator? No, can't help you. Don't know. Um, she's owned by the Racing dot com boys. I just she typed was, uh, with Friedman. I just typed it in. It says transferred uh, on Riser. Right. Transferred. Okay. So it might have been. Might be off to another country, possibly. Devout Hero. Um, on Riser, but anyway, wait and see. No drama, Steve. I'll bring. um, Speaking of the uh, the Blue Diamond, uh, obviously we had that two year old race in Melbourne on uh, on Saturday. Gated anything catch your eye? Um, Look, I I liked the fight um, of the winner, Zolfa Carr. Uh, looked to be well and truly headed by BC, who who some were tipping as as the next uh, sepoy. First run in the blinkers, still plenty of room to move. He was not only as strong as anything late, his 11.92 last 200 backed that up, being it was clearly the fastest late sectional in the race despite leading. You want to see him probably running a bit more time than what he was able to do. Um, he was about three lengths below the Group 3 two-year-old average. Okay. Uh, text on the text line here about Written Bly as well, which come, it was beaten a long way. Uh, any comment on written Bly? Just to say, can you get Gator to mention? Uh, that's oh, that, Graham Beggs. Yeah. No? that's a figure run. No, um, no guide really. Back and wide, uh, straightened up sort of six lengths off them. Was beaten six lengths. So held his ground well. He, he tried well, or she with um, with Sarah Santa prior to that. So I wouldn't be sacking off that. Okay, and British Columbia. Uh, in the fifth, another one must be a Graham Beggs fan here. Um, <laughs> your thoughts on uh, British Columbia winning race five? Yeah, he led and he he didn't loaf in the lead. You know, he went about two and a half lengths above all averages and was left alone, which helped him. But he was as strong as anything. You know, he led all the way and um, second to sixth in that race, there was 0.6 of a length between them, but he had 1.2 lengths over all of those. Uh, So his time was useful. In fact, quite good, about six and a half lengths above average. He'll get even further too, so he can win again. Now, back in Sydney, Duff, um, many were saying it was the bit of the day, Banju, and he didn't disappoint. No, he was always in ownership of that race, and um, 
they got that one right uh, as far as his market move was concerned. He's done a great job with him, Lyle Chandler, getting him to that level so quickly, uh, putting three straight wins together. He found the right race. Uh, it was a hard race to read, I found, but the punters found it a lot easier than me. Um, with a type of horse like him who's fit up and running out of a 78, meeting all those, you know, group horses, stayers. So it was a hard race to read, but uh, I thought no compromise was great. Obviously, Sulcombs are forgive with the vet report, but geez, he looked very dour. Uh, so jury's out, we'll have another look at him before you'd want to back him in anything under a mile and a half. Uh, but uh, yeah, winner was just, uh, he'll go to the Parramatta Cup now, and he's a fit up and running horse who catches a few on the hop. You can you get a horse like that every year early when these good races come along, just catch these horses on the hop with fitness. Mm, okay, but yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a good man, Lyle Chandler, too, and we've had him on the program, speaks so well, um, and good to see him, you know, getting opportunities in his name up in lights on a big day there. Uh, remark, Duff, while we're here, and I'll come to you, Gator, after this as well, and also Munns. Um, lovely ride by Tim Clark, and uh, he's got he's got a bit of fight about him, this horse. He's pretty good. He's um, always, we've always known he's got a lot of talent, but he was his own worst enemy. And obviously, he was a, a boy that became a man as a gelding last preparation. And he's gone on with it first up. 62 kilos, uh, running fast time, and doing it well. He's, he, he could well be group one sprinter in the making um, if he can keep uh, on the spiral that he's going. Um, I think his stable mate is one to follow, uh, Sabanaki. He won his first start, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for him because he's such a good sort of horse. And he just didn't go on with it as a two-year-old, but he's in the remark class now as far as he's been girl of this prep. It's time for him to put his hand up, and I think um, he can sneak through a few classes there and placed right, and I'm sure he will be, and get his confidence up and, and get to a good level as well. Would you make a remark? Uh, Fifty-six forty-eight on the clock, uh, Gator. Good gallop, isn't it? And he did it with weight, sixty-two kilos. Put the race away quickly. Um, as I say, if the clock's there to back you up, it's uh, generally a good um, recipe for any athlete. I would have thought. What I liked most, though, was he raced better. You know, he just was more tractable. Put himself in the race, settled, finished off. You know, that's what was letting him down. I think that's what got him beat to wait trade when he's well back at the end of last prep. Um, but if they can iron that out, in, in, obviously in, in an elite stable, um, the sky's the limit. And Munns, uh, he was impressive, wasn't he? Uh, because uh, I know that uh, you were just spectating, but visually, um, he, what SP'd that 350 price and punters were roaring. Yeah, well, there's another case in point, Dave. You know, in the... Uh uh, the markets, he went up a $6 chance on, on the Wednesday and, and Cote went up $5.50. Well, that was, of course, the market was turned on its head when Inundation came out, who went up the favourite. I'm sure plenty of people after it pulled up with cardiac arrhythmia in Melbourne and uh, it's now got beat at, I think, 5-2 to two on its last two runs or close to it. They were disappointed it didn't come to Sydney. They could have bit around it. Um, but... Uh, it flip-flopped the market here in the morning. Uh, one minute Remark was favourite, then Code was favourite, then um, they were back to to, to um, uh, the other way round. And, and then when Tim Owens came on, you know, just after 11 o'clock, he said, well, we're happy to lay Remark and keep Cote. Uh, and sort of uh, the market still gravitated back towards uh, Remark late. And, you know, whether or not Cote is he, now, you know, he, whether or not, I know that uh, a couple of people said he didn't look fantastic uh, in the yard, Cote. Uh, he was a little bit soft in the market late there. Uh, he, he led. Uh, I think Forzanini might have been on his outside there. Um, he, he just did it too well, Remark. I'm never concerned about horses with big weights in 1,000-metre races. Uh, I, I think that's a bit of a fallacy, uh, the weight situation in 1,000-metre races there. But, um, you know, the two horses there, definitely Key Largo. I think he's, you know, he's on fire at the moment. Yeah, it was first run back from a break on Saturday. He's just a hard horse to place, Key Largo, and he's got a bad sort of racing style, getting back and needing luck. Mm. Um, we're on punters post-mortem. It's at 9.47. Uh, Gator, here's a question for you. Hey, guys. Um, Gator, can you uh, tell me what you thought of Claim the Crown uh, in race number nine? And... Uh, Wineglass Bay obviously um, was a bit of an unlucky runner when you go back and look at the tape, Gator. Yeah, look, I think um, Wineglass Bay, 
I think without in time, in my very humble, but it, you know, it's not a hill I want to die on. If you if you want to think differently, um, I respect all opinions in this great game. The winner did give that horse four kilos. And he had um, that absolute dream run uh, on the back of high court. It was doing all the work in a fast run race and somehow got past it. So, look, he shouldn't have been in front at the end of the race, but um, you know, I think high court should have beaten him. I think Kettle Hill should have beaten him. Uh, but... Um, you know, if you found him, well done, cashed in. Yeah, it's a hard hard race to read. Um, he's obviously a lightly raced import. I like the way he stuck his head down and, and wanted to win, but I've just got question marks over the form of the race um, with that high court situation there who should have won or would have won with a better draw. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, it's it's Kuna Barabra in form. You know, so... And I agree, um, dare I say it, he had no luck at all there, um, old mate Kettle Hill. Um, so he was you a can, total... You can have Kettle Hill. I wish he'd go around every week, Kettle Hill. We wouldn't, <laughs> have, to, uh, wouldn't have to worry about laying too many runs. You just make him I your worst every I didn't say I want to make him a horse to follow. I said he had no luck. Uh, <laughs> he had no luck. He just went to the line three-quarter pace. He certainly did. Uh, what about in the highway? You, you mentioned it with the Big Sports Breakfast stream. Um, pre-emptory, there was uh, no luck for him, Duff? Yeah, no, no. He, it's only a matter of time before he wins a highway. He's a nice enough horse. Um, he he just had nowhere to go whatsoever, and I reckon he had a lot to offer. Now, those horses looked to be flying down the outside, but this horse um, had a lot to offer, and should have figured in the finish, or would have finished in the figured in the finish with any luck at all. So he'll keep, he'll keep for another day, but you won't get twenty one dollars again. No, you certainly won't. Um, and Gator, another text here on the the text line in relation to this one, Hennessy Lad, who won the third there at Sandown. Gator's opinion of Hennessy Lad moving forward. Yeah, nice win, nice chase. Costa gave a, a really good kick off a good speed and ran very well. You know, he, he went about three and a half, or near four lengths above average leading and, and skipped away, was only collared late and probably stayed a bit closer than inside rail, which turns out wasn't the A ground. So the runner-up's gone terrific. Hennessy lad, um, still very new uh, when the button was pushed, uh, still wanted to run around a bit, but did a great job to pick up and chase this one down. 12.60, last 200, clearly race fastest. Now they put seven lengths on the rest of the field. Um, generally a great sign. Uh, some substance on the clock. So nice horse and win. Mm. And also, too, just a, a comment, Gar. I mean, obviously we saw the post-race uh, from Mick Price, but it was a strange way to start the day because inundation went to quite poorly, but it seems like there's some excuses uh, for him. Yeah, look, a cardiac arrhythmia will slow anyone up, um, any athlete that's ever tried to run. Yeah, the reports from Jamie were that they lost all sort of coordination um, once they went past the post, and obviously he's been tested, and I saw them, uh, you know, release that he, he does have an issue. Um, but Mick was sort of saying he's a beautifully sound horse and uh, has good um, track work, etc. So just things didn't go to plan on Saturday. These trials this morning, Duff, we saw Crosstalk win that first heat. You can check these trials out uh, from Bramwick on the Racing New South Wales website. So we saw Crosstalk go around and win. Uh, we also saw Joyful Fortune trial in Heat 2, and he's, of course, going to Melbourne down the straight uh, with Josh Parr and could be a chance of getting back to the Galaxy. Did I thought uh, Borna's not just trial well in that uh, same second heat? Well, he's a good horse. Mm. He's a good horse. He's been carefully handled. And interesting, James McDonald. How many three-year-olds does he want to ride? Uh, rode him yeah. in the trial this morning, so he can't ride them all, but someone's going to be disappointed when he finally makes his decision uh, which ones he's going to ride. Um, yeah, he did, went really he good. he come up to ride it or somewhere the other day, Craig Williams? Yeah, he did, in the track gallop. That's why he was in uh, Sydney at Canterbury. Yeah. Uh, he's there. McDonald doesn't want to ride it, Williams will ride it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he was... Well, is that, I wonder if... Is, is that because Craig's a, a booking... Um, are they thinking about the new market, Duff? Is that what I read? Uh, or is it yeah, because look, Craig can ride what, uh, quite light, as we know? Yeah, possibly, yes. Uh, you could be right there. Um, so... Um, Matt'll sort that out. Uh, he, he's uh, yeah, well, he's got the, he's got the form around him, hasn't he? He's mm. stuck through the system and looked good. Thought the child horse that did trial well today was Macalate in the first heat. He he trialed very very well, and so did uh, well King Frankel. He's an interesting horse for Mark Newnham. He trialed well. 
So, uh, yeah, a very interesting set of trials, and we've still got the two-year-olds to come, and and Mexico will get, try and get his ticket to run on Saturday as well after rearing up in the barrow there on Saturday. Mm. Uh, we've got John on the line, who is joining us now. Uh, g'day, John. G'day, Ron. How are you going? Good, John. Yeah, just got to... Uh, Ron, before I ask, uh, ask a question about a couple of horses, um, Ronnie, did were you a track rider for the best horse I've seen in my time, mate, Kingston Town. Is that, that correct? I've ridden him a, 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 a little bit of track work, yeah, for sure. What was it like? What did it feel like riding that machine, mate? Oh, what do you think? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think he was, I'm thinking I'm the only one he threw at track work one morning and they all had an heart attack uh, when he yeah. dumped me. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I rode a lot of champions track work. He, I'm not so sure he was the best of them. What was the no, best horse you rode, Duff? Red Anchor, I think, was the best horse. And what? Why was that? He, he was a freak horse. He, 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 he was always had problems, but he was an outstanding racehorse, absolute champion. Him and him and Shaftesbury Avenue were the two. I, I'd suggest I had more to do with those two than Kingston Town, and uh, they were absolute champions. Yeah. Yeah, fellas, uh, the question I want to ask you, and I, look, I'm sorry, excuse my vagueness, the import that raced for Chris Waller over the weekend, it didn't do real well. Uh, I, I was reading the hype of it, about it, but I was actually more impressed by the uh, the grey horse of Gaze and, and, and a- Adrian Botts that ran over the Flemington Carnival, white something or another. That, uh, white do you know what's going on? Do you know the horse I'm talking about and what, what's happening with it, fellas? White Marlin is the horse um, you're yep. talking about. Yes, uh, he has a well. Before he went to Melbourne, was impressive. He, he won a midweek race at Rose Hill that me and Zoyce actually went round in the same race. Uh, so uh, the format of that race of a Wednesday at Rose Hill turned out all right. Yeah, I, I, I'm just wondering what the pre- what what Gay's got in mind. I, I'm, look, I'm, I've got no doubt. I think if the race that it won over the Carnival qualified for this year's Melbourne Cup, is that is that correct? Uh, well, it's a twenty-eight hundred metre race, as I, uh, if I can think. So he's he's got the distance clause there, and I'd say so. He's he's um he's got a good-looking record, hasn't he? He's got a terrific-looking record. So I th- I see he's active, so he's in work. So I'd suggest he's yep. S- Sydney Cup favourite. He's eight-dollar Sydney Cup favourite. Yeah, yeah. beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yes. But that Thanks, doesn't bro. mean that doesn't mean he's going there, John. So don't have um, <laughs> yeah. don't have the mortgage repayment on it. So I'm just saying that <laughs> that's where he is an eight dollar favourite in that prenoms mark. And I guess we'll find out more about that tomorrow, won't we, um, Muns? When those uh, you when mentioned all those before, are taken. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Tom Hogan, uh, the man that very very active on Twitter up there from uh, Sconeway, he's in the ownership there. He's probably tuned in this morning. He's on he's on another set of holidays. Tom, I don't think he ever he works less than Darren Flindell. Um, and uh, he'll probably know what's going on with his preparation anyway. I might send him a message during the day. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, maybe time for one more caller, and then we'll get uh, hero, not heroes and villains. Um, we will get uh, horses to follow hero and villains. We should have morning. heroes and villains. Yeah. Well, can we? Can we bring it back? We can continue it on. Who's your hero and villain where, 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 where for the week? Would, where would um, Charlatan be? Uh, be oh, what about that? <laughs> now, now, just, yeah, yeah. Do we... Do we I'll go down... what, mate, mate, Sunday, interesting anyway. Yeah, do we go down that path? Oh, well, what do we think? What do we think? Well, obviously, what do we think of Charlatan? And then what do we think about the social media activity, Duff? You've been in this game a long time. What do we think I'll, about I'll it? stay out of the, the, the social media thing, but, I mean, uh, he is a villain. He is a definite. He's a, he's a number one candidate for a villain. Um, yep, yeah, he's, he's villain number one. Gator? Uh, look, he did loom to win, didn't he? I know he had a, had a wide run, um, but he probably should have put that other horse away. But it might be really smart, that horse. It was only on debut, so um, that's the way I read it. Muns? Oh, you know. Back him no, up. Not, not, <laughs> he's, he's been a good horse to us, um, but, you know, they don't make the prices, you know. Yeah. He... Um it's funny because he's he, Joe Pride uh, has and when you, when Joe speaks about him, he um, he's obviously showing them something at home. Well, he's showing them a lot at home. He always has, even when he's in his early two year old days. I remember Duff, um, you know that running the golden gift, etc. Um, but he just yeah, he can't seem to just put him away. Well, I can't say too much. I backed him to win a golden slipper. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's charlatan. But uh, yeah, it was some very interesting reading yesterday on uh, on the socials. Mark, uh, hello, mate. Okay, Dave. Okay, boys. Stuff. Uh, I wanted to uh, give a big shout out to Aidenson. Um, he he got this Sylvania. Now I don't know if you saw it yesterday at Port Macquarie, but uh, this course has tremendous ability over the eight starts. Yeah, he's done a lot of play checking. But for me, uh, I heard him in an interview with one of the girls when he was running in the highway before he went out in the track. He said, whenever I get these ear muscles off this horse, you'll see a better horse. And as I said, if you, I don't know if you saw his first up run at Durban at the Christmas Eve, and then what he did to him yesterday when he had these ear muscles. It's a changed course, and don't be surprised if he's the horse after Fox Harbour in a fortnight that gets into the country championship. A nice horse, mate. Which horse is that? Litzmania won the fifth race. This one was in Class 4 yesterday. He's a Class 1 horse. He oh, won yep, a Port Macquarie. Yep. Now, what's the, it was a brilliant ride to cut away. I get it. But he's run against horses like, uh, in that race at Durban, uh, Oriente. Now, he's a horse that was spruiked uh, after last winter in, in Queensland, being a strap horse this year of, of March. So mm. this horse got beaten a nose by him in a Class 3, as I said, Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve. And I backed him at 16 to 1. It was first start, no barrier trial. He straight to Durban. And come from last, and he got beaten in nose. And then they gave him a four or five week spell. Running yesterday, so like five to four into a dollar six, dollar seventy, and uh, just, just smashed him. And, and all I'm saying is, I had to I'd always said this was a good horse. But he needs to earbuff stock when he, when he learns how to race, and that's what's happened, mate. Okay. Mm. I think he's already been to a highway, hasn't he, that horse? Yeah, he ran second a boot scooter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's the one. So I heard him with the girls. The girls, he said, look, he still wants to do stupid things. But when I get these earmuffs off, we'll see a better horse. This preparation, he's come back, no earmuffs. And you saw what, what happened yesterday when, when he got that spill on the inside of the rails, he just died for the line. He's a, he's a really nice horse, Ronnie. Okay, well, I'd hope to see him in a highway next, and hopefully they put up a good price. Yeah, and the, the two times he's met Optimo, uh, who he beat yesterday, he's finished in front of him. He beat Optimo in the highway when he ran second to Boot Scooter. Optimo ran third, and Optimo ran second to him yesterday. And the other thing out of Port Macquarie yesterday, great to see CJ Graham back. Yeah. Uh, she first day back at the races yesterday after that fall in April, uh, and she rode a double at her first day back. So welcome back, CJ. 100% right. Uh, horses to follow. I'll start with you, Duff. Um, I'm going to say preemptory uh, for a highway. Uh, I'm going to say Sebenak can get his confidence back up this preparation. And I think Fear Nought can win one of these benchmark mare 78s now. I think she's ready. So the three of them. All right. Uh, and uh, Munns, uh, your horse to follow? Oh, I'm sticking with Key Lago, Dave. There's a benchmark 94 over 1100 at Rose Hill in two weeks' time. He could be aimed at that, I think. All right. Uh, and Duff? Uh, yep, I just oh, sorry, no, not Dove Gator. What am I doing there? Doubling up. Um, yes. <laughs> why wouldn't you? You get the right, uh, right, the guy, right guy there. Look, I'm going Daytona Bay. Um, unlucky here in Melbourne first up. Vespertine looks ready to win, and we touched on High Court earlier. I think he's gone enormous at all. Don't 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 back him on a wet track. Only back him on a dry track. High Court. Good tip. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for coming on the program. We'll catch you next Monday. A big week of uh, racing ahead. We've got in Sydney the Apollo Stakes, the Light Fingers, the Southern Cross Stakes, uh, Triskay. Of course, the highlight, the English Millennium. $2 million up for grabs. And uh, we'll hopefully see... Uh, well, what's learning to fly in that market now for a Millennium? Uh, she is currently at two fifty. Two fifty learning to fly in that pre-noms market with uh, Blanc de Blanc at $6, and um, Lazago there at a $7 price. And, of course, uh, down in Melbourne, we've got the CF4 Stakes, so uh, that will be a cracker. That, of course, is um, at on the hillside on Saturday, so we've got the, the two uh, uh, Blue Diamond... Actually, no, pardon me, we don't have the CF4. We've got the two Blue, uh, Blue Diamond Preludes, the Autumn Stakes uh, and the Kevin Hayes, and, no, we do have the CF4 Stakes. It is on Saturday. Yeah, I'm yeah, Thunderstruck yeah. and Jack and I, both $4 equal favourites there. Yeah, and that English Millennium, Dave, acceptances are 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Yes, that's exactly right. So $4 um, for those and then uh, Tivalu at uh, $7. <laughs> Boys, have a great day. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Dave. Thanks, mate.